0: Right into this world, all alone God takes your soul, you're on your own The crow flies strain, the perfect line On the devil's bay, until you die And welcome everyone to another episode of the Crossroads Podcast With yours truly, the man of a thousand gimmicks The dustiest man in the game, Dusty Dave And, uh, yeah This week in wrestling, huh? I mean It was iffy It was iffy, I mean, I'm not gonna lie If I didn't watch... WWE this week, I would have never thought that uh, The pay-per-view Is this weekend It's, uh, yeah Kind of been an iffy build But that's neither here nor there I really need to stop uh getting rid of my one So early in the podcast But let's hop right into Raw So we had a progression Within the retribution angle First and foremost The five main figures Did get new masks Now A lot of these masks Have been uh, Kind of um, Not well received by the Internet wrestling community My belief is on the fact that We do know who They are so, with these masks, masks are usually to prevent identification. Um, we, I guess the IWC kind of views it as WWE trying to, you know, pull a fast one over us. I personally very much enjoyed the masks. Uh, they were very Bane slash Hannibal Lecter-like. And... Um, you know we saw some face paint And all that um, And uh As to date by the, when, As this is being recorded Four out of the five of these Members have gotten their New names T-Bar Mace Slapjack And Reckoning T-Bar believed to be uh, Dijakovic Mace uh, is believed to be Dio Madden. Slapjack has actually confirmed his identity as the former Shane Thorne, formerly one-half of TM61, with uh, Nick Miller uh, going to New Japan. And Reckoning is Mia Yim. Now, not going to lie, I'm not really a fan of the names, I do like the masks But one thing I will say about this faction What's really getting them over with me Is their Twitter game We, we all know in recent memory How uh, Chris Jericho highlights you know, key demos And total viewers and all that um, Needless to say, the members of Retribution Have been doing the same thing Raw, I believe, was in the 1.6667 mil uh, in viewers. Uh, Whether or not that was thanks to Retribution or not, they're definitely kind of making that argument. But also, I highlighted the fact that these masks do have a uncanny resemblance slightly to the Bane mask and T-Bar even went as far as to completely shit on Tom Hardy as Bane with his height. And then he also posted the height, uh, uh, the recorded heights within the graphic novels and comics of Bane with and without the venom serum. So I'm not going to lie. I'm, all for this Even if it's just because of the Twitter game Now where this Is going to lead I don't know We did Have revealed to us That Retribution had signed WWE contracts Another thing that the IWC is found a little uh, Corny With uh, T-Bars saying that They're here to destroy WWE Either way And it would be cheaper for WWE for them to do it as part of the company than not. You tell me what you think about the argument. Uh, But we also did get um, their first official match in WWE. And that was a uh, six-man tag. We had Mace, T-Bar, and Slabjack versus The Hurt Business. Cedric... Bobby Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin. Now, one thing I will say, I actually have uh, checked out some different sites, and the ending to this match was botched. So, for those of you who didn't watch the match, one of the non-legal members of Retribution made, a, made contact with The legal man from the other team. Now obviously. We know that in tag team matches. Breaking up the pin. Is fine. But this wasn't to break up the pin. From what I've read. It was supposed to be an eye poke. From the non-legal man. To the legal man. Which would have justified the disqualification. But it definitely didn't. Wasn't received like that, at least from my side, it wasn't received like that. So that's now two matches that have been botched because of the referees in two weeks, which is not a good sign at all. It's actually very worrisome when you think about the fact that the matches. Are getting botched, not from the competitors, but from the referees. The referees always have the earpiece in their ear connected to the uh, people in Gorilla. But I'm not sure if this is, you know, goes along with Vince and his tendency to continuously change the scripts for the show going into the um, event. The live, uh, live on TV event. I don't know. But it's definitely a bad look. It really is. But. Uh, the next thing I'll talk about is. Now Zelina Vega is officially the number one contender. I still stand by what I said last week. On there's no way with her having so little in ring experience, outside of being a manager in WWE, that she should be elevated to the number one contendership, and I uh, honestly figured they were gonna have Mickey James go over so they could actually have the match they were supposed to have on Raw, a rematch without the botch. So that that's just me, but I honestly do think it. It's a bad look, especially when, as I've highlighted, how talented Mickey James is. Um, she's, as of right now, the only woman who's held the uh, WWE Women's Championship and the TNA, now Impact Knockouts Championship. Um, Zelina Vega actually did also uh, hold the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Impact back when they were still a thing But I haven't Seen enough from Zelina As an In-ring performer To justify her Getting the Number one contendership So Now we're going to move on to NXT And I'm going to be straightforward. The What I'm talking about is going to be the Women's Gauntlet, the Women's Battle Royal, and the Gauntlet Eliminator. Now, the Women's Battle Royal opened up the show, and we also uh, had an attack angle. We saw Candice LeRae attack Tegan Knox, and it's been reported that uh, Tegan Knox may have either before that attack or during that attack Torn her ACL again Which is very bad news Considering the fact that she's already had An ACL tear On each of her knees She's so young And this is a third ACL tear In Five, six years That's not good So I'm very, very worried On the status of her career Moving forward Because Obviously, you guys all know once you have an injury to a certain part of the body, that part of the body will never be at a hundred percent. So now with both knees having had one ACL tear and now one of them potentially having a second, I I'm I'm very worried on for the future of career. I we're still waiting on the official announcement. But it's expected that she tore her ACL. If that's the case, a speedy recovery to Tegan Knox uh, Nixon Newell. But um, Candace Lerae actually ended up going over, and eh, I mean, I guess, like I I still personally think Candace needs to like get some space between her and Johnny. I know that they're married. But like, I honestly feel her talent is being completely overshadowed in this, uh, you know, wedding alliance, so to speak. Um, Obviously, I know that they're going for you know the first married competitors to each hold titles in NXT. That would be cool, but I I don't know I. I guess I'm not really about um, Candace's heel turn. Uh, it is what it is. But I i mean, I could have seen Dakota. I could have seen Shotzi. I could have seen a variety of different women winning. But I am happy that uh, Raquel Gonzalez didn't win. I am not a fan of her. At all. I'm just not. She's talented. Not my cup of tea. So that brings us to the Gauntlet Eliminator match. Now, when I recorded last week's episode, I didn't have all of the uh, competitors. They did a slow roll of the competitor announcements. Excuse me, because of the fact that there has been another um, round of uh, positive COVID tests within NXT. So I'm assuming what they did is they ended up doing the slow release and then announcing them as they, you know, got their negative results back. So we had Kushida. We had Cameron Grimes. We had uh, Kyle O'Reilly. We had um, Bronson Reed, and I'm gonna pull. Uh, I'll pull up the fifth one, but I'm. Uh, I literally cannot get behind. Uh. Cameron Grimes. I really can't. I'm 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 not a fan. I don't think he's as talented, and I personally don't believe he should be getting pushed as much as he is. I was really hoping Kushida would win, but we have the return of Velveteen Dream. Uh I still am flabbergasted that Velveteen's even getting TV time right now. I'm really not a fan. I'm not. And oh, and Tim Thatcher was a fifth. But uh, so this was your a different kind of a gauntlet match. It started off with two competitors, and then every four minutes a new competitor entered the match and once a competitor is pinned or submitted they're out of the match last one standing wins the match and we had Kyle O'Reilly get the win which i could i i couldn't be more happy about i was i'm a huge fan of UE but I'm also an even bigger fan of Kyle O'Reilly when he was a singles competitor, especially when he was feuding with Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Um, it led to some of the some of my favorite vignettes. If you look up Story Time with Adam Cole. There's a, there's a really good one that was right towards the end of that feud Which, uh, basically, in all summation Kyle O'Reilly had tried to win the championship and failed But kept getting chances In that this was the final chance If you don't win, you're never challenging for this Kyle O'Reilly ended up winning the championship Only to lose it back to Adam Cole At Wrestle Kingdom Adam Cole As of right up to date The only three time ring of honor world champion And obviously We know what he's done in NXT Longest uh, Longest NXT championship reign Now In no way shape or form do I think O'Reilly is going to Win the title From uh, Finn at the next takeover, which is a week. Ne- it's next weekend, actually. Um, yeah, and it's on a Sunday. But we're gonna get a great match out of it. I've seen. I've I've seen what both of them could do in New Japan. Um, in New Japan, for those of you who don't know. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish uh, teamed as Red Dragon. Uh, Very, Both very talented individuals. So I I do like that we're getting this feud. I'm not sure how long they're going to do this slow burn with what Undisputed Era ends up doing. Um, I also heard that Bobby Fish might be dealing with another injury. So... I don't know if maybe we're gonna Start to see the uh, so the Seeds of Discord sown and per- Perhaps they go their own way Or they do something like the New Day does where You know They don't break up So to speak but They you know support each other In their uh, future endeavors Whether it be on the main roster In NXT etc etc cetera. Et cetera. Now, I mentioned the new round of positive COVID tests in NXT We also had a match from AEW Get changed Due to a positive COVID test And that positive test was for Lance Archer Now it Unfortunately these positive tests are going to happen. Unlike the NBA, there is no bubble. And a lot of these performers in between you know their weekly shows for Dynamite uh, are doing indie shows as well. A lot of the wrestlers have been doing the Warrior Wrestling stadium shows obviously with NXT the superstars can't do those shows but I'm I, I'm getting really worried especially with the recent announcement from the Florida governor uh, with the um regulations all like the covid regulations for everywhere basically being null and voided so they're basically opening, opening completely. And I'm very worried for both these companies, regardless of what they do, because there is no bubble. Without there being a bubble, cases are bound to happen. I, I really do hope that the testing apparatus that they use, they start doing it to an even higher, um, an even higher level. But getting back to AW, so John Moxley ended up defending his championship against Eddie Kingston. Who I personally think was one of the best recent hire, best of the recent hires for AEW, period. We've already seen that from his mic work, him working with the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros. And it was a good match. And it it ended with a referee stoppage. So I think moving forward we're going to continue the story of Eddie Kingston saying that he never gave up but rather the referee stopped the match. Now it's it, it's interesting because Eddie and John Moxley both came from similar backgrounds. They both started like, you know, in the indie deathmatch scene CCW, etc, etc Then then, uh, Moxley went to NXT and WWE as Dean Ambrose While Eddie Kingston, he, you know, did some time with Impact Like I said last week, the LAX OG's feud That was accompanied by Conan and um, Eddie Kingston Was great, and then Eddie Kingston continued on the Indie Circuit. I got to see him a couple times at the uh Evolve shows with um Joe Gacy, uh Shane Strickland, and Colby Carino as the Unwanted. That was a great faction. If it I'm I'm still sad that Evolve went, but it wasn't until Kingston signed with AEW that. He got this break with you know a big company, so I think we're going to continue uh, seeing Eddie Kingston highlight how their careers started similar, but then they branched out. Moxley sold out to you know sold his soul to the devil, so to speak, and yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm all for it. Eddie Kingston is a professional, he's talented. He's a New York boy, like I'm so stoked to see him on national TV on a weekly basis. Now moving to what I felt was a negative, we had Miro's first uh his AW debut. You would think someone of his talent it would have been maybe a squash match. No, it was a tag match with Kip Sabian against uh, Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. I'm really worried that Miro's going to fall into that same position that he was in with WWE, in the fact that, you know, is going to be used to highlight. Someone else rather than Show out in his own right So I mean I honestly think now's the time That they need to start Putting him in squash matches And then building him up to You know the ranked competitors I'm not really a fan of him being You know A second fiddle So to speak within the Kip Sabian Penelope Ford Group Um, Obviously we know that used to be Jimmy Havoc, but Jimmy Havoc is getting uh, help with uh, drinking and all the stuff that came out from the Speaking Out movement. But I, I, I personally do not see this um, way of showing Miro to really be doing doing it well. I, I, I really don't. But... He did just debut a couple weeks ago, so I'm 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 hoping it changes, but that's just me. And then finally, with SmackDown, we were able to uh, go deeper into the uh, Roman Reigns Jey Uso fam- family thing. Some of the best vignettes WWE is doing right now Are in fact with this feud I mean they had Alpha, Sika, Rikishi Jimmy Uso Like It it was such a well done video Highlighting the relationship between Jay and Roman Even Even going to as far as their mic work at the end of the show With um, Roman Reigns explaining that the family needs him to be holding this title Mm, So he could put food on the table, take care of the family It it, it was so well done And uh, that's one thing I will say that WWE does well Especially with this Roman Reigns, this new Roman Reigns. Um, even highlighting his relationship with Paul Heyman. He's not smiley f- friends with Paul Heyman. He's always stone faced serious. Stone faced serious. And you can tell it's definitely more of a business relationship than, say, Paul Heyman's was with CM Punk Or with Brock Lesnar it, It's not fun and games It's just business And the show Went off the air With Roman Reigns Delivering a super punch, the Superman Punch out of nowhere Leaving Jey Uso on the uh, Stage So I, I'm really looking forward To this match Even though I don't I don't see any chance that Jay's winning. I'm like I said last week. I'm glad that they're highlighting him as being talented, even by himself, and not just you know in a tag team with his brother. And I mean, I really hope that this potentially leads to down the road. A heel bloodline faction, like or a Samoan uh, Samoan SWAT team 2.0 type of a deal. I guess we'll wait and see. And the other, the other thing that really stuck out to me is the continuation of this. Alexa Bliss Fiend relationship like we haven't really seen it in person except for when the Fiend attacked Alexa but even during her match at like she had her two like little hair bundles like the more they the more the match went on they kind of like got all messy and you know you're starting you're starting to see The pink dreadlocks, uh, more in the forefront, and of course, Alexa Bliss using Sister Abigail. It, 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 I perfectly think it's perfect for her. She does it amazingly, and then just seeing her facial mannerisms change when you know the the fiend laughs start. Or, you know, the lights go out and you just see like on the um Thunderdome screens where the fans would be, you know, his eyes with the contacts and parts of the mask. It's it's very intriguing. I'm loving the I'm loving where this is going. I don't even know where it's going, but I am involved. I am invested. And I can't wait to see what happens. What I'm not invested in is this stupid storyline with Miz taking legal action on Otis, ma- wanting him to give up the briefcase. If they were going to do this type of a fucking storyline, they should have never put the briefcase on Otis. I was surprised that they put the briefcase on Otis. I went into to that match thinking that AJ Styles was going to win. And if you remember how that match ended... AJ Styles got the briefcase and it dropped into Otis's hands. But if you were going to do... If you were thinking then that you were going to do this storyline of... Getting the briefcase off of Otis through this stupid shit with The Miz and Morrison... Like... It literally bores me to death. And I was so excited when Morrison was coming back... He sh- he held world championships and impact in Lucha Underground and even in AAA, AAA. Like he is a world champion, and I I don't understand why their reintroduction of him to the WWE universe has been with the Miz bringing back the dirt sheets, and uh, in, in the lawsuit we even now have that. Just the Mrs. name was on it And not Morrison's So I'm honestly hoping that this leads to The Miz and Morrison feuding Will it lead to Them taking the briefcase off of Otis Probably But I, I, I'm not A fan of it I'm not So So that's it and in impact, I'll I'll say two things. Diana Perrazzo versus Kylie Ray at Bound for Glory, holy shit, count me in. We're also getting Eric Young versus Rich Swan. The one thing that's annoying me about Eric Young is literally during an impact broadcast, I'm seeing that same stupid vignette of him talking to himself in the jail, like, five times. It's not necessary to play the same goddamn vignette five times during a a broadcast. It's just not necessary. But, it is what it is. So, that's this week's show. I haven't decided what, um... This week's Pit Stops is going to be, but be on the lookout for it. More information about this week's Pit Stops will uh, be released on my personal Twitter and on the podcast Twitter. My personal Twitter is at INDIE underscore Dusty Dave. And you can find the podcast Twitter at T-H-E-K-R-O-S-S-R-H-O-D-E-S. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And until then, Dusty Dave out.